Beer, Cheese, and Murder is a true crime podcast about Wisconsin from Wisconsin. Due to the nature of true crime, this podcast contains explicit and graphic content which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Beer, Cheese, and Murder. I'm Erica, and joining me today I have... Tina B. Sorry, I just read ahead of Bonnie. (laughs) Uh, Jill, in addition to Bonnie and Dina B. And Carrie. (laughs) Dina's obviously excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's one, one thing she is. No, I'll pay closer attention. No, I'm actually, I feel so much better for this episode than I did for the last one recorded. So here we go. I'm excited for that. We're all 100% now. Well, I'm getting there. Mine turned into a sinus infection or I got a secondary sinus infection afterwards. So I'm on a 10 day course of antibiotics, but I'm more than halfway through and it's working. So Yuck. And you were really good all weekend. I haven't coughed like at all today. Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're getting better. Yeah. No, I mean, it tells me it was the right call to call the doctor because as soon as I started taking the antibiotics, it started making a big difference. So definitely. Good. But yep. So on the mend and I've got all my notes done. So we are ready to go back on track with the original intended topic for what was the last episode. Um, And that one is the, um, so this is our Door County themed one. I think we may have mentioned that in the last episode when we recorded it. Um, So, but with that in mind, I know that a few of us have some beverages to highlight. So who wants to go first? Dina, you want to start? Are you in order? Unless Bonnie has something, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, so when we were all up in Door County over Memorial Day weekend together, um, I had found online a brewery called Peach Barn Farmhouse Brewery. So we all went there and had a little visit and loved a few of them. Today, because we were trying to all do different ones, I actually have a hard smoothie instead of a beer from Peach Barn. It's called Road Trippin' Skinny Dippin', and it's a peach, strawberry, pineapple hard smoothie. Mm. Um, It's not really a seltzer. It's got a lot more flavor. Um, It is deliciously tasty. I can't um say anything negative about any aftertaste or anything which I sometimes get with seltzers very very good like all the way through it's 5.5 ABV 185 calories for the 16 ounce can so unlike a seltzer is about 100 so it's absolutely scrumptious 
And then I'm oh. having a little, a little bit of Renard's cheese and some crackers with it. And now I know you said after golfing, you went swimming in your pool. Were you skinny dipping in your pool to prep, <laughs> to prep for tonight's drink? I'm too fat to skinny dip, um, but I was with two other women. So no, we did have some suits on and I did have a couple vodka lemonades. So if I'm a little punchy tonight, that might be the vodka. <laughs> I'm doing my hard smoothie. Well, eat up on that Renard's cheese and some crackers with your delicious smoothie. Yeah. All right. Well, and that so, sounds really good. I pro I actually good. I actually veered away from the seltzer because normal I was thinking seltzer seltzer, which is not really my thing. But if it doesn't taste like that at all, I might have to give it a try the next time we're up there. No, it's, it's very, so very flavorful. And I forget now because now it's been a couple of weeks, but the staff there, as you recall, were they mm -hmm. were so fun, amazing yeah. people and I don't recall how they described it, but I asked if I could have a sample and they said, it's not like a seltzer, like it's a full flavored um, drink and it's really, really good. Hmm. Definitely not a seltzer type cocktail. All right. On that note. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> her open. Here. all right. So I, um, well, I wanted to say for our listeners that the Peach Barn Farmhouse and Brewery is located, I don't know if Dina said it was Sister Bay, but it's 2450 South Bay Shore Drive in Sister Bay, Wisconsin. It says Peach Barn Brewing, um, peachbarnbrewing.com. And then we um, did some flights, which was a wonderful experience that we could choose. I think it was five mm -hmm. different flavors. And, and they were huge. Yeah, the flights. Yeah, they were yeah, nice, yeah. generous portions. Yep. Good to share. Yeah. You could do either four or five. Yeah, that's right. We, of course, opted for the five. <laughs> but um, so the name of mine is Silo Sisters Peach Sour. And just on the can, it says, life is beautiful. Eat a peach, drink a beer. And then it says it's 6% alcohol by volume, peach sour ale. Um, it says three gold and rosy sisters at the Magic Peach Palace are usually sweet, sometimes tangy, and occasionally sour. So I thought that was cute. But um, this also is very refreshing, especially on this 90, what, five degree day today yeah. and uh, we're recording at night and I just came home from a baseball game Zach's baseball game and it was 88 on the ride home so um but this uh craft beer is delicious and I'm not usually a craft beer girl so all right and then I also have a beer from the peach barn farmhouse and brewery and so I'm drinking a the lion tamer stout so a darker beer on the spectrum uh and on the can it says by Jericho or by Samson wildest cats can only be tackled and tamed by barehanded strength um, and it is a 4.5% ABV. So you guys are actually oh, yeah. uh, 
harder than what I got, but next time. Um, and then I also had a snack. So I had um, also a Renard's selection. It is the smoked string cheese. And I actually- Ooh, How'd you eat it? Like a non-serial killer. Serial um, <laughs> killer. No, I, I, um, so I actually wasn't even thinking when we were in Door County the last time. So I didn't get any when I was up there. So I was trying to figure out like, how do I get a Door County snack? And then it, I searched and, and Renard's popped up and I clicked on the where to buy and they Sendix. actually sell it. Well, Sendix, but they also sell it at Myers in, um, a couple of different locations. So I actually oh. ended up getting it in Oak Creek. The Oak Creek Marks is very close to where I work. Oh, good uh, to know. Yeah. So they had a couple of different options there. I did also get a brick of cheese, which I still have yet to get into, but it sounds delicious because it's Gouda, cheddar, and Parmesan mix. I remember you telling me about that. That sounds yeah. amazing. That sounds awesome. It sounds yeah. super good. So that will be either a future episode or if it makes it that long. Um, but yes, so I had the smoked string cheese this time around. I did opted for the smoked string cheese versus the regular string cheese, just for a little variety from all the string cheese we've highlighted, but it, they're like huge string cheeses and it's super creamy, like very creamy, super, super good. Um, no, Dina, have I had, have had the um, mozzarella whips from Renard's? Yeah, and those mozzarella really good, but I, I I haven't what tried their actual string cheese. Yeah, they're skinny, like what you would put, like the skinny mm -hmm. string. Yeah, like a little, like it looks okay. like silly string. You know, like sometimes they'll okay. put those on the um, uh, oh my gosh, bloodies, bloody mary, the top of bloody mary. Oh gosh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. They're so oh. good. <laughs> right. Still's boys loved them. I got them a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. I've not had the Renard's Mots Whips, but I have had other Mots Whips and they're delicious. But so Renard's cheese has stores in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and Algoma, Wisconsin. The factory is actually located in Algoma. And they also have a melt bistro located at the Surgeon Bay facility. Mm. So phenomenal Sammy's. I was going to really. say next time we're on our way up to Dorco, I'm going to be talking to Sean and to stop in there for some lunch. Heck yeah. Seriously. Well, I mean, on that. And I should say that the Sammy's are like leaning more towards like the gourmet side. Mm -hmm. So our picky uh, tweeny boppers, when we <laughs> ate there, they were like, what? Like, don't they just have a grilled cheese? You know, it's, it's, it's like all the fancy, yummy deliciousness and nice cheeses. And we're like, oh my gosh, you guys just like get a ham and cheese. Fine. But just close yeah. your eyes and take a bite. Yeah. <laughs> Boring crap instead of good adult food. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So master cheesemaker Chris Renard and the Renard's cheese team are proud to be part of Wisconsin's long tradition and heritage of cheesemakers. Chris and Anne Renard are the owners of both Renard's cheese stores and Rosewood Dairy, Inc. Chris earned his master cheesemaker certification, which is a nationally acclaimed title, in 2014. 
He's honored the family recipes that his father and grandfather perfected while extending their legacy through new award-winning flavor profiles. So it's legit. All right. Any other beverages and food to highlight before we move on to our whisky fact? Nope. I've got nothing. I don't have that, but I'm curious what your whisky fact is. Um, because I'll, if it's not the fact um, that I'm thinking, I may have just a little two sentence thing to add for tonight. So okay. I will be quiet until I listen to you. I feel like there's a whole spectrum of facts. So I have <laughs> yeah. a suspicion that it may not be. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, in keeping with the Door County theme, I do have a Door County Wisco fact. So this is kind of like a precursor into the a larger fact that I got because I had to look had to look this up. All right, so Door County has 34 named outlying islands, the largest of which is Washington Island, which lays off the northern tip of the peninsula. Washington Island covers approximately 35 square miles and has a year-round population of around 700 people. A vehicle passenger ferry connects Washington Island via the Death's Door water passage with the rest of the world 365 days a year, weather permitting. Um, and Washington Island, uh, fun fact, since we have highlighted the Island Orchard Cider before, is where the like cherries and apples and stuff, I think that's the, the, the produce for the Island Orchard Cider comes off of Washington Island. Oh, uh, that's interesting. <clears throat> oh, well, that's not, know. that's, well, that is a, that's a bonus fact. The real thing that I found thought that people would be curious about since I'm mentioning it is I said the via the death's door water passage. So I thought people might be curious as to what that is. So I just, yes, I looked it up. I don't know. I don't know how to, so, um, <laughs> I don't know how to speak French, but it reminds so, me of the guy from um, the Muppets who goes more to more the Muppet. <laughs> the Muppet guy, like the chef. So whenever oh, I see more morts and maybe it's Puerte Morte, I don't know. But um, yeah, I always think of Port de Mort. <laughs> so okay, sorry, I'll be quiet. No, I, I just looked it up, Craig. So there here's a little snippet of history of Death Store, and this is off of doorcounty.com. So it says, so where does the Door County, um, so where does the name Door County come from? You can trace it to the area's most dangerous mythical feature, Port d'Amour, or as it's now called, Death's Door. The strait linking Lake Michigan and Green Bay between the tip of the peninsula and Washington Island was once one of the most notorious treacherous stretches of water on the Great Lakes. The name has been traced to a battle between rival Indian tribes, Native American, in the 17th century by both an early government surveyor and historian, I'm probably going to butcher this, um, Yalmar Holland, or Halmar Holland. It was a calm night on the waters of Lake Michigan when a group of Potawatomi Indians set out from the islands north of the Door County Peninsula to, to attack the Winnebago Indians on the mainland. While the historic records disagree on some of the details, all accounts agree that the waters were calm when the Potawatomi warriors left their islands. But abruptly, 
the weather turned bad, capsizing canoes and trapping warriors in an onslaught near the rocky shore of what is now Ellison Bay. Meanwhile, a group of Winnebago warriors who were sent to attack the Potawatomi villages on the islands also got caught in the dangerous waters. They were never heard from again. In all, hundreds of warriors died, giving the thin stretch of water its name. In the centuries since, Death Store's reputation for rough waters, unpredictable weather, and hidden shoals have made it something of a legend with shipwrecks and accounts of lost lives to back it up. French explorers named the passage after hearing the Native American accounts and sailing the waters themselves. Some say that the French named the passage to discourage British exploration and fur traders through the strait. After all, it was the only way to get from the trading post at modern-day Green Bay to the rest of the Great Lakes. Whether any of these accounts is absolutely true is unclear, but none will deny that it is home to scores of shipwrecks, perhaps the most of any freshwater in the world. The passage claimed 24 sailing vessels between 1837 and 1914, and nearly 40 in the nearby waters in the same period. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's known for like off of Gill's Rock, I want to say, that you can like, there's a lot of people go there to scuba dive to see the shipwrecks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The destruction well, was, yeah, the destruction was so apparent that it contributed to the decision to build the canal through Sturgeon Bay, Bay in 1881. Not only could a ship cut 100 miles off their journey, but they could avoid the swirling waters and dark memories. While the legend is still shrouded in mystery, it has lived on in the culture of the county. It has inspired the name of beer, spirits, and even a barbecue festival on Washington Island each August. And also Jet Store chocolate ice cream from Dorkani Ice Cream Factory. Oh, how yeah. Um... (laughs) For more than 75 years, the Washington Island Ferry Line has made it possible for locals and visitors to safely cross Death's Door, make your reservation to cross through the door that has claimed the lives and ships of so many through the county's history. I keep saying when we go up to Door County one of these times, we have to get over to Washington Island because I haven't been over there since I was a kid. Yeah. We got to do yeah. the bitters. Yeah, exactly. We got to join the bitters. got to join the club with Bonnie and uh, John, right? Right. <laughs> but I mean, it's always so busy when we're up there, but I would love to get over there again. Yeah, we don't have to take a car. You could also go, it's just, uh, although then you have to walk. We could take the golf cart. Golf cart, yeah, the trip transport. Transport, <laughs> do it. We could take the bikes. Yeah, we could take Kayla's motorcycle. I'm gonna have yeah. to, oh, <laughs> I I bicycles. I'm gonna might have to practice. So I can e bike. Be able yeah. to do it. <laughs> I think troop transport is probably a better idea. Yeah, that's your best Well, was that um that was that's all I have for my Wisco faxes. It's probably more than just a straightforward fact well it's quite different and the one that i um remember that brought to mind um when you were talking about renards and cheese making and all that is when we were (laughs) dina knows which one i'm gonna say yes we were i was reading the milwaukee um journal sentinel 
I'm like, what is it called now? I don't usually read it. <laughs> but um, there was an interesting little fact that I thought I was going to save for one of our um, podcasts. And I feel like tonight is the perfect time since we were talking about Rare's cheese. Okay, I will stop blubbering. But um, it says <laughs> Wisconsin is the only state in the country that requires cheesemakers to be licensed before selling cheese. Oh yeah, I remember us talking really? about that. Yeah, yeah. and like, we're like, why yeah. wouldn't you be licensed? <laughs> Exa- well, right. And then someone said, "Well, maybe yeah. that's why our cheese is so good." Yeah. And yeah. then Sean said something about butter. Like Wisconsin has rules about butter makers yeah, as well. Because there is the whole yeah. like controversy of not being able to sell the Kerrygold butter yes. or whatever. Yep. So yeah. that was my little fact, Jill. I knew that that's what you were going to say after your little <laughs> interim there. okay well it's good to have a bit of levity before we get into the case and now that I understand the meaning of that uh, the (laughs) definition of that I thought it was the opposite (laughs) uh but okay so again this is a Door County themed episode so our case does take place in Door County specifically Surgeon Bay and that is probably a more populous area of Wisconsin so it seems to be pretty common that a number of the cases take place there um and um I have a feeling that this one might hit a little I might be wrong unless I'm if I'm wrong on my facts but I think this one might hit a little close uh, for you mom with some of the trips you and dad have taken up there for ice fishing mm. possible that the resort you stayed at may be involved okay on the morning of Sunday August 19th 2012 Surveillance footage at a service station captured an unusual sight. A man in wet clothes was caught on camera entering the service station and walking up to the counter. He asked if he could use the gas station phone to call 911. From there, a shocking story would unravel. So here are some transcripts of the call um, that he made to 911. So this is the man. Hello? I'd like to report a murder, please. 911 replies. You know for sure that a murder occurred? Yes. Do you know if it was today that this happened? Last night. And did you witness it? Yes. You witnessed it. Okay. Do you know where her body is? In the room. Sands Bay Beach Resort, something like that. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh man. Beach Resort. <laughs> Do you know who murdered her? I did. Whoa. You did? Okay. Was it an accident or were you angry or it was intentional? It was intentional. Okay. Well, you're doing the right thing. I'm glad you called me. I'm a good person besides what I did last night. Alicia's family is going to flip. Everyone is going to flip. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least he said please. And he was like, I don't think I want to know what room it was. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. 
Wow. I bet you we probably could find out what room it was in. Uh, I don't think I want to know. Right. <laughs> you right. might just, just, if you just stay at a different resort in the future, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> okay. So, not surprisingly, immediately following this call to 911, Door County Sheriff's deputies arrived at the gas station and took the man into custody. That man was 36 year old Brian Cooper of Plainfield, Illinois. He was in Door County for his sister's wedding, which had taken place the night before. He'd actually walked her down the aisle. Wait, the brother walked the sister down the aisle and then murdered and somebody then else. Went and murdered. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, if you're visiting Wisconsin from Illinois, you just got to cover all your bases. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Wedding, murder. <laughs> Drive like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) They they don't do that only in Wisconsin. They do that everywhere. (laughs) I (laughs) went to Andro when he was in my car. Wow. Yeah. I have no comments about Sean's driving. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He he did not like my um, automatic driving. He hated it. He's a man. What do you expect? Oh, uh, I said because it's safe, and he said, "Yeah, I don't like that." <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I'm impressed. <laughs> All right, so this is a 36-year-old man. His name is Brian Cooper. He was at his sister's wedding the night before, and he walked her down the aisle. The victim was 21-year-old Alicia Bromfield a co-worker of Cooper's and his date to the wedding. Oh, wait, did you say he was 30 something or was that the sister? 36. 36. So he's 15 years older than her. Murdered his wedding date. Oh yeah. My. Oh, just wait. (laughs) Okay. Continue on. Door County Sheriff's investigator, Mark Winkle was one of the investigators to report to the resort where the victim was reported to be by Cooper. Winkle said, when I arrived, after opening the door, I could see a female decedent in her 20s. She was laying on the floor. She was nude, but did have a blanket covering her up to about her chest, and her head was on a pillow, and obviously deceased, but it just appeared as if she was resting. A little closer examination of the body, you could see that there were injuries, bruising, scratch marks. Another thing to know about Alicia, she was six and a half months pregnant. Oh, stop. Was he the daddy? No. No. Oh my gosh. It shall all be revealed. It shall all be revealed. Brian Cooper didn't just kill Alicia. He also ended any chance of life for her unborn daughter. After leaving the scene of the murder in the capable hands of the crime scene technicians, Winkle headed to the police station with the intent of interviewing Brian Cooper and hopefully getting some answers. The interview and his confession was recorded. So here we go. I'm going to try to do, I don't, I don't really do voices. So I'm not, hopefully you can tell when I'm 
the back and forth of who's talking. <laughs> um, so I use a funky accent for one of them and see if yeah. that makes it. Try, try to make the murder guy. I don't, sound I don't like see. I haven't. Hello, Gubna. I haven't been drinking as much as you today, so I don't. <laughs> All right, so I'm starting with the detective Winkle, and then follow up with Cooper. So Winkle. So what brought you up to Door County? It was my little sister's wedding. And that wedding night was last night? The reception, yeah. And who'd you come up with? Alicia. And how do you know Alicia? We're coworkers and we're somewhat dating. Was, and she's pregnant. She pregnant with your child? No, okay. I've always wanted more, but I always was respecting her because of her pregnancy. Oh, so he's already a dad too. No. So it's not he wanted more to more involved. I thought that I thought you meant the same. I thought it was the same thing for me. Oh, okay. And I see what you mean. Remember what he's saying too, his side of things, his perception. So he it will come out a little bit more later. So he's telling the detective that they're co-workers, and he's also saying that they're dating. And he and, wanted well, more, right? Somewhat more, dating, but yeah. he respected her because of her pregnancy and probably right. didn't push things, but yet he can murder her, right? Okay. Yeah, well, her enough he before also, he strangled her and killed her. Yeah, you'll see. So, okay, so Brian Cooper detailed how he and Alicia had argued earlier in the day, and that she flat out told him that, in Cooper's words. There wasn't going to be like a friendship after we got back. So they had like a blowout and she was like, that's it. Like no more, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, that's it. Like no more friendship. Like this is less, whatever. Probably might want to get home before you. Before you do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. For future reference people. You should have enough confidence in the person if you're going to the wedding with them that they're not going to murder you. Yeah, no you would never, ever think You're that. not going to think that the person is going to kill you. Yeah, but, I mean, me. you also have to think about the fact that she was 21. I mean, she's... Okay. I've had to turn yeah, down a lot of yeah, people yeah. in my life, and I'm still here. Right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Luckily... That's luckily. So Cooper says after the wedding and reception, they went back to the room, and that's when things took a tragic turn. So again, going back to the interview, starting with Cooper. We got back to the hotel and she just went to bed, into the bed, and I was drinking. Did she fall asleep? Yes. And what was going through your mind when she was asleep? The reality was setting in that there wasn't going to be even a friendship when we got back, which was today. And you didn't want that to happen? I didn't, no. And I was debating what I was doing. And I was doing some prepping on my thinking about her, harming her. Okay, so you were doing some prepping. What kind of prepping? Well, I put some cords on. uh, I was thinking about making, maybe tying her up or whatever. But I didn't. So there was some cords like underneath the bed legs, like a cord from like a cell phone or something. I don't remember with a plug in it. Maybe it was from my computer. Or I don't or I don't remember exactly what it was. It was like a white one and a black one. 
Right. Were you thinking of tying her up or strangling her with that? No, I was thinking of like tying her legs, tying her legs. But as she was sleeping, she was moving her legs. So then I just said, that's just stupid. So when she's sleeping on the bed, where were you? I was just pacing outside and coming inside, having a cigarette, coming back inside. She's asleep. Were you getting more angry? I was. Were you getting more angry or you were getting more angry? Maybe I wouldn't call it angry, maybe frustrated, hurt, feeling hurt. And then I laid in bed. And then what happened? I mean, you decided enough. And she woke up a little bit. And then I imagined something about, because we watched this TV show and I have on DVDs um, and we were planning on doing it this coming Sunday. Okay. So you asked her, yeah, he's like all over the place. place. Okay, so you asked her about maybe watching a show on Sunday. And what was her response? Like, there isn't going to be a Sunday with us? Right, right. That kind of triggered. Then what did you do? Then I kind of just jumped on her in bed. Okay, was she on her back? She was. And I jumped her and she got scared. I got scared. So were you on top of her then? And you kind of straddled over her? Yeah. And then I just started strangling her. With your hands, with my hands. And what did she do? Did she fight back? She did fight back. And then she was yelling about the baby, crying and saying, don't do it to me because of the baby. And she bit my finger. And then we rolled off of the bed. And then where she was laying, that's where it happened. How long do you think you choked her? I think it happened really fast. From the bed to the floor, maybe a couple minutes. Wasn't she nude? Well, when they found her. That's what I mean. So I wonder if he did. Yeah, I think Erica's still continuing. Oh, my God. This poor woman with, like, begging for her child's life. That is even more devastating than just begging for your own. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't stop there. So this is where I'll say trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. So this is the detective. Did you have sex with her last night? Yeah, after. After I strangled her. Oh my God. Oh, fudge. So after she's dead, you took her clothes off and then she then um she's on the floor, right? Right. I just wanted like to see her naked, I guess. Okay. And then did you take your clothes off or were you already? I just, yes, I just took my pants off. How long did you have sex with her? Probably a minute or two, maybe three tops. Oh my God. Oh man. Cause he was too excited or what? I like, that's disgusting in itself. I don't know. Ugh. But think about how detailed his account is because it will come up later or it'll be a factor at least from my perspective later oh geez she had a pillow under her head I might have done that last night okay and then the blanket you covered her up with the blanket after you had sex with her right so then Brian Cooper says he tried to kill himself first with a dull knife then with a I like how it's a dull knife. 
Well, yeah, they always like, do say that you're more likely to cut yourself on a dull knife, but I think that's because you're like slips or something. So first he tried with a dull knife and then with a corkscrew, but neither worked. So he went to sleep in the bed. Yeah. So then he like carotid or something. I don't know. Who even knows? He was drinking, right? So so then he slept it off in the bathtub. And when he woke the next morning, he drove to a nearby park. So this is Cooper again in the interview. I got into the bay and swam all the way out there and tried to drown myself. And I was panicking and couldn't do it. And I was trying. The detective, you realized that life was still worth living? Yeah. And then you got back in your car? Yep. And then I was trying to find like a gas station to call the cops. No one else is dead or anything. Nope. Okay. Have you ever harmed anyone else? Yes. My ex-girlfriend. I just couldn't get through to her. So I tied her up for the purpose of trying to like talk to her. Were you arrested for that? No. She didn't report it to the police? No. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that explains why he was wet when he went to the convenience store, which probably this Clark was like, what the hell is this guy on that he's walking in soaking wet and then asking for 911? But apparently he had swum out into the bay to try and drown himself. I can't believe that when the cop says he figured that life was still worth living and his response was yes. Instead of like, no, I was just too fucking chicken shit to actually go through with it and kill myself. Like, well, life isn't worth living. Keep talking. Right. Life isn't worth living at that point. Yeah, but he's trying to get this guy to keep talking, so he's got to try to seem right. sympathetic to his... Certainly. Or empathetic, at least. But the guy answered, <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm like... What? That's where, like, it's got to be really difficult to be a detective in this case, because, like, how do you sit through that? And actually, um, I'd also heard about this case on Anatomy of Murder, so they've done a number of Wisconsin cases, and they actually do play the audio of the interview so it's probably a lot lot better than probably a lot better than my trying to read it um but if you want to kind of get an idea of of that and what it actually sounded like but all right so despite everything that cooper confessed to the question still remained as to why such a tragic and horrible crime occurred Why did he do it? I mean, obviously he was upset about losing her friendship and all that, but Brian's response to Winkle, I felt like I didn't want to go back home and you didn't want to be alone. No, it's not going to, there's nothing when we come back home. I didn't want to drive six hours home and feel like doing that. So ultimately though, it just got to be too much and you strangled her. Right. Did you mean to kill her? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, he even flat out said in his 911 call that it was intentional. And now here yeah. he is saying it again on record that he meant to do it. I give him not credit props, but I mean, at least he's honest because so many others are trying to make excuses right away and he's actually saying yeah i tried to do it and hold on to that feeling 
It's not going to Yeah. Happen. Well, I'm wondering if, right, at, at that point he was. So I'm wondering if it was he gets an attorney and mm-hmm. the attorney more gets a than different likely. angle. More than likely, I mean, based on the knowledge that I have of the story of where we're going with this, but yeah, hold on to that feeling because it won't last long. All right. So we kind of jumped into this. So let's backtrack a little bit and find out a little bit more about Alicia, who is the unfortunate victim in this case. Alicia is described by those who knew her as a loving daughter and friend and a soon to be mom. As stated, Alicia was six and a half months pregnant with a little girl. While still pretty young herself at 21, she was going to be a single mom, but she was okay with that. The father of her child was not Brian Cooper, but was someone she met at college who unfortunately had no desire to be involved. So it was not planned. It's somebody that she met at school, but she wanted to keep the baby and she was okay with that she was ready to move forward as a single mom so she was so excited that she had even picked out a name for her baby girl Ava Lucille pregnant and facing single parenthood Alicia continued with her schooling and was just one semester away from graduating with degrees in forensic psychology and criminal justice oh my lord gosh she was also working at the same job she'd had since she was 16 in the garden department at a major national retail store so she's pregnant alone continuing with her schooling and working her way through school so that she can make a future for herself and for her daughter and made one mistake in being a wedding date She was in a tough spot. So let's just, we'll get into this a little bit here. So um, she always, so according to her friend, Olivia Hogan, she always wanted to be good at her job. So she worked really, really hard to do well. And all that hard work didn't go unnoticed by Alicia's boss, a 36 year old man named Brian Cooper. No, this was her boss. Oh my God. Gosh. Oh my gosh. So well, oh boy. Okay. My ears are well, my ears are (laughs) perked now. Yeah. Brian seemed to take an instant liking to Alicia with the two striking up a casual friendship, though that's all it was. In fact, Alicia's mom thinks the main reason Alicia really hung around with her her much older boss was self-preservation. In her words, I think she was very afraid of losing her job, says Sherry. She had a baby that was coming to support, and this job had offered her time off in the winter with pay, and she never had that before, being only 21. So she's thinking about what does she got to do to maintain support and have what she needs to support her daughter. Alicia's loved ones also believe that's why Alicia ended up saying yes when Brian Cooper asked her to accompany him to his sister's out-of-town wedding. Reportedly, Alicia only agreed to attend the wedding because Cooper threatened to fire her if she didn't. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, my God. And she was too young to know that, yeah. Illegal. Yeah. I mean, it's a 
tough position regardless. Yeah, for I sure. mean, yeah. At 49 for me, it would be that's a tough situation. At 21, it's that much harder because she doesn't have the life experience to like figure it out. And oh. she's got to be scared, even more scared, because what does that mean for being able to support her baby? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Olivia, Alicia's best friend and coworker, says she believes that's exactly what happened based on how Cooper often treated Alicia at work. It was just a lot of forcing her to do things like go to work when she maybe had a doctor's appointment or if she couldn't come in almost demeaning who she was as a person just to make her feel bad, making her feel like this is your number one priority. You always have to be here, said Olivia Hogan. There was also uh, name calling, <clears throat> according to her mom. The, the boss, the 36-year-old name calling to the 21-year-old subordinate. Yeah. So according to her mom, Alicia had told me he had called her a slut and a whore at work. Oh, Oh. ladies, if this ever happens to any of you at work, you report that or you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or you quit the job, but no, you report Uh, that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brian Cooper was telling other people and other co-workers that Alicia was his girlfriend or that they were going to go on a date, but that was never the case, and they never did go on a date. Cuckoo. He's got yeah. a screw loose. Yeah, at least not until the wedding. And while she agreed to go, Alicia was clear that it was just as friends. To her, it was not a date. It was probably more like, I got to do this or I'm going to lose my job. It was not yeah. Alicia's friend Olivia expressed concern that it was a bit far away, but Alicia did her best to dispel those concerns. So Olivia had actually like looked it up so she could know like where she was going to be, where she was staying and like looking where things were. And she's like, I don't know. Do you really want to go with this guy so far away? Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good idea. So Alicia told her friend that she and Brian were staying at the hotel with the whole wedding party. So there would be others there and she wouldn't be alone with him. At least that's what she thought. Besides, it was just for one night. They were going to come home the next morning. So it'll be fine. So it's literally like they drove there that Saturday, went to the wedding that night, and they were supposed to be coming home that Sunday. The morning of the wedding, Alicia's mom got the first hint that things were not going to be fine. Alicia called her and told her they were packing up the car to leave. So they were already indoor counting. And so what she's saying is we're coming home already so that they would not be coming back early and not going to the wedding. So her mom was like, well, what, what happened? You not know? going to the wedding. Yeah. yeah so they got there. Yeah. So even though they, he's supposed to walk her down the aisle. Okay. Yeah. So she called her and she was like, got in a fight. We're packing up. We're coming home. So that's what, so Alicia, she got, when she asked like, well, what happened that you're coming back early and not going, Alicia told her they'd gotten into a fight, which was likely the same fight that Brian told Winkle about where Alicia told him that upon their return, their friendship, if you could even call it that would be over. over. So this is, she called her mom after this fight. And this is the fight that he referenced that he said that she was like, nope, that's it. We're not going to be friends after this. So it was her mom who's probably kicking herself after the fact 
that yeah, reminded her sad. daughter that Brian was supposed to be walking his sister down the aisle. Oh. How could he do that to his sister? If they weren't going to be at the wedding, Sherry told her daughter to make sure that you call a sister at the hotel and tell her that you're not coming. So she's like, make sure you tell her what's going on. But apparently Alicia didn't know where his sister was staying, which her mom found as a surprise. She's like, what do you mean? Aren't you guys at the same place? Right. Because that's what a-hole told her. Yep. And apparently, no, they weren't. So I think that's probably why they got in a fight. I was going to say, maybe that was their fight. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. sense of security that Alicia had from staying at the same place as everyone else was false as unbeknownst to her, they were not staying at the same place, which he probably did intentionally. Oh, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. And like I said, that may have been the very revelation that sparked the argument and drove her to push for an early return. And yeah. also to say that this friendship, like that's done. Like, right. Like, yeah. You took me up here under false pretenses. I'm six hours away. Yeah. yeah. So, however, somewhere along the way, the decision to return early was changed and they decided to stay probably because she's a sweet girl and didn't want to do that to a sister. Definitely. I'm sure about that. Yeah. All right. So we know who killed. We know that Brian killed Alicia. We know how he killed her. And now we have a better idea of their history, which was not the way that he painted it to the detective. So it's pretty clear going into this, what's got to happen, right? He even said it was intentional. He meant to do it. So Brian Cooper is charged with two counts of first degree intentional homicide because they're a baby and third degree sexual assaults of corpse. Despite Brian Cooper's very detailed confession, he shockingly enters a plea of not guilty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So as a result of his not guilty plea, 10 months later, Alicia's Alicia Bromfeld's family is forced to face her killer in court. So like he's, he can't just admit to what he did after already admitting it twice and just have closure for the family. He's got to take him to court and drag him through this trial. Cooper claimed voluntary intoxication as his defense, saying he was Um, too drunk uh to know what he was doing when he killed Alicia. Voluntary intoxication. Yes. Yes. So it's not involuntary like manslaughter but voluntary well he voluntarily got got drunk and i knew i was drunk right yes but what so this is think about this though think about how detailed his confession was and yet exactly was right and yet he's saying he was too drunk to know what he was doing well that's what i'm saying voluntary intoxication that yes that was his defense (laughs) yes he's full of shit Yes. How about voluntary asshole, stupid dickhead? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's an actual plead, though. Well, I don't think voluntary (laughs) intoxication is an actual plead. 
I don't think it was at the time and we'll get to it. Okay. So in addition to the recording of the 911 call and the taped interrogation also revealed in court was even more evidence of Cooper's perverted obsession with Alicia Bromfeld. During a search of Cooper's laptop computer, cops found multiple videos of Alicia shot in his Plainfield, Illinois home. Cooper had installed a spy camera after drilling a small hole in a triangular shelf that was positioned in front of his toilet. Oh. Um, According to Alicia's At his own house? Yes. So according- She would come over- to his house because they were friends not when he was there not when he was there so according to alicia's mom brian would ask alicia to go over to his house and take his dog out dog out oh she's a nice person which allowed him yeah yeah and he's holding the carrot out there or i could fire you 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 know yes which allowed him to capture videos of her going to the bathroom with his spy cameras. Oh, man. He's a sick dude. Yeah. It was also discovered that Cooper brought a spy camera to the Sands Bay Resort where Alicia was killed, hiding it in the trash can in the bathroom. The trash can? Wow. Oh, my God. Maybe that's what she thought. Maybe she busted that. And that's what they got in a fight about. You know, oh I mean, that's a possibility. Could be. Honestly, I that mean, would be something that would cause a blowout. Right. I would think yeah. just finding uh, out that he lied to you and you're not even staying at the right. same resort as everybody else. Like, and you're uh, like, maybe it was all of the above. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I mean. Like, the the of, uh, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, so, wait, we're uh, staying somewhere else. Oh, wait, why the fuck is there a camera? Yeah. When I'm peeing in this hotel room. So get this. That information was revealed. They played the 911 call. They played the tape interrogation. And yet, after five days of testimony, including Brian Cooper taking the stand in his own defense, the case went to the jury. And the verdict was a hung jury, split 10 to 2. Whoa. Hung jury? Yes. Oh my gosh. No. no okay. No, no. And, and even more so, get this. Of the all-female jury, <laughs> two women actually believed his intoxication defense, that he was so intoxicated that he didn't know what he was doing. Wow. I don't give a f. If like, he was that That's no excuse. If you were that intoxicated, you wouldn't be able to recite the details after the fact. It was exactly out drunk. And it was still him in his body doing the murder and whatnot. At least twice that it was intentional. Like he actually used the word intentional and then he said that he meant to do it. Like, how is that? I don't anyway. So meant to do it, but he was so drunk that. That he didn't know the difference between right and wrong or something like that. Hard to The thing is, if you're that drunk, been there, done that, been that drunk, you don't remember. You can't say details of shit that happened if you're that drunk. You just can't. You can't, no. But in my point, if you were so wasted and you killed someone, you still killed someone. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And me, as drunk as I've ever been, 
in a million years would never kill somebody because I don't have it in me to do it as a sober person. So I still wouldn't do it as a, a drunk person. Right. Well, even clearly. if he were that drunk, he still did it. Like it doesn't matter. He had it in um, him, drunk or not. Plenty right. of really sketchy illegal decisions, even when he was not drunk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I cannot making good choices. Even believe about this freaking jury. The fact yes. that it's women surprises me even more yeah Yeah. so it appeared that while brian cooper was found guilty of the third degree sexual assault that he would walk on the murder charge third degree sexual assault is a slap on the wrist because of it yeah i don't and how how is that guilty but the other thing isn't (laughs) like it was the same damn night in the same five minutes sex with her I don't know. I think she was dead. The voluntary intoxication may have only applied to the murder charge or something like that. The plea, or I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he pled guilty to that. I'm not sure. This is like this. That's a mess. So yeah, tell me you have a better ending. Yes, as heartening as the hung jury verdict was, that still meant there would be another trial. And another shot at justice for Alicia and her daughter. In the meantime, oh, oh yeah, we're we got a murder of two people. Yes, right. That's right, baby. In the meantime, Alicia's mom Sherry wasn't going to just sit and wait for that second trial to start. She had a new mission. Never again did I ever want a parent, a friend, family to sit in a court and hear alcohol being excused for anything. Sherry tells Crime Watch Daily. So the very next day, we woke up and we had a meeting with all of Alicia's friends and family, and that's when we started lobbying to change this law. And her hard work paid off. Sherry got the voluntary intoxication law banished, not only in Wisconsin, but also in 31 other states. Holy crap. I, okay, do we have more information on voluntary intoxication? What this law actually says? We could probably look it up, but it okay. sounds like it's no longer a viable. Well, defense. thank, thank, thank goodness. But I'm just yeah. curious what the hell kind of nonsense was on the books for how long, you know? Yeah. And to have a private citizen that fights for that. Yes. And is successful, you know, when you got all these fucking lawmakers and That's everything. What it takes to drive to this right kind thing. of change, though. I mean, look at the Amber Alert. Look at all of that. It yeah. all takes something tragic happening yeah. and somebody who is immediately impacted by that tragic event to drive the change. Yeah. Sadly, this change in law did not apply to Brian Cooper's trial. Cooper's voluntary intoxication defense was grandfathered in due to when the change in law went into effect. So he's able to use it again for the second trial. Yeah. Which still makes sense. Yeah. I mean, based on the law. Unfortunate. Yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. So almost a year later, the second trial took place. Since Brian Cooper was able to stick to his intoxication defense, jurors heard testimony from Brian Cooper and in this trial from wedding guests describing how inebriated he was or wasn't on the night he killed Alicia. So now they're bringing in other people to um, testify to how much drinking and how intoxicated he was. 
After about a week of testimony, the case went to the jury to determine the verdict. This time, it only took the jury an hour to come to a unanimous consensus. Guilty on two counts of first-degree intentional homicide for the murders of both Alicia and her daughter. Good. Hell yeah. My gosh. Thank goodness. Yes. Thank goodness for that mom and all the friends for her um, drive and uh, dedication and can't imagine to get everything to get spearhead that and get it get it done because I think there's like a couple of ways and and who I I would have to look it up to see if she's potentially still lobbying for anything but there's a couple things at play here one is that defense is ridiculous so at least they got it overturned totally ridiculous 32 states that's majority of them if it even is still in place elsewhere and the other piece of it is there's potential changes and things to lobby for in relation to workplace sexual harassment yeah and i know the me too movement probably helped promote that quite a bit but being able to educate young women or anyone really in the workplace on sexual harassment what's allowed what's not allowed what your options are if you're in that type of situation so that you don't feel like you're alone um and i know even when you are educated it can still be difficult to speak up i've uh, you know, for 24 years, been a paralegal and primarily most of my superiors are men. And I am so fortunate to have worked with phenomenally wonderful lawyers for 24 years, but it's crossed my mind many, many, many times over the years. Like, what if you work late? You're working one-on-one at midnight with a lawyer in the office and nobody else is there. And I think, oh my God, what if I end up working with somebody that does it? What do I do? Like, what do you do? You say no, because you don't want to do it. And then you think, what if I get fired? And then his opinion against mine. And, and I'm an educated woman and I'm a strong woman. It's a scary situation. I mean, I'm so glad I've not had to make that call ever. But damn, like, I mean, I definitely feel for her being 21 and pregnant and knowing she doesn't have support from a father, has all of this like going on in her head. I got to give into this guy. I got to do this. Like, just suck it up. She's probably internalizing and hiding a lot of information from like friends and her mom you know, partly because I think maybe she's trying to say, like, to convince herself that it's not that bad, like, it, that it's okay, that it's fine, yeah. that it'll be fine, that she'll make it through and it'll be fine. Nobody's um, going to think that they're going to go into this situation as a wedding date and not make it home. Yeah. yeah. Right. Even if the guy's a total douche, like, right. you don't think Which they he was. not make it home. Yeah. Brian Cooper was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences without parole. Good. Good. During the sentencing hearing, Judge D. Todd Ehlers cited several things that troubled him, including Cooper's use of spy cameras to record Bromfield in both Door County and Plainfield, 
as well as his use of Bromfield's birthday as his cell phone password. Oh, wait, say that again. He was obsessed. Yes, he was obsessed. Yeah, he had an obsession. He had yeah. an unhealthy yeah. obsession. In, yeah. In reference to a video clip shared of Alicia captured by Cooper's spyware cameras in his home in Illinois, Judge Ehlers said this. What I realized as I watched that during the first trial and I watched during the second trial is that that's the last view that Alicia Bromfield had as you were straddled over her body, as you were strangling the life out of her, Ehlers said. She looked up into your eyes just like you were looking into that garbage can. And that just sends chills to me to the point that that is the last thing she saw. Good for that judge mm. saying it to him too. Yeah. The judge also noted the forensic pathologist's description of Bromfield's body after the attack. The doctor's description included details of broken bones, contusions, and hematomas, among other injuries. So he beat her? Yeah. Well, it was probably a violent struggle. I mean, she's fighting not only for her life, but for the baby. For her baby. fighting. I consider, Mr. Cooper, the severity of the whole offense, not just the strangulation, but the assault you imposed on the body of Alicia Bromfield to be an extremely troubling factor, he said. Cooper also received two additional years in prison and two years of extended supervision on top of the two life sentences for a third degree sexual assault that followed the killing, which that is ridiculous that it would only be that assault alone or that charge alone only resulted in two years of prison two years supervision Mm -hmm. for raping a pregnant woman after he killed her but he's in jail with no parole good as he should be yes Wow. What a sick piece of shit. Yeah. So on that, who's ready for a high note? Yeah, I don't I'm ready for a high note, really. Yeah. All right. I know so- good. That was that was definitely fairly disturbing. It like, was I, you know, indeed. I mean, True crime people, we take a lot. The whole her being young, being pregnant, that's... Yeah, losing her life and her babies. That's tough. Yes. I know it would be lovely. So again, sticking with the Door County theme and then also too with highlighting festivals. So we have um, a antique tractor and arts festival. So this is in Liberty Grove. I think Ooh, that's Dorco. Yes. I was going to yeah. say, I know where that is. I, can't so part of I honestly might have to share this with, oh, shoot. Never mind. We're going to be busy that weekend. Darn it. I was going to say a track, antique tractor and arts festival. I feel like this would be right up his and the kids alley. Um, but it is July 23rd at 10 a.m. So it runs from July 23rd, 10 a.m. through July 24th, 4 p.m. So both days, Saturday, Sunday. Um, It is the antique, or sorry, 
I'm like all over the place here. The annual Antique Tractor and Arts Festival is held on the museum grounds each year and is our main fundraiser. This family-friendly event offers numerous art, arts vendors, tractor parades, hay wagon rides, pony rides, music, and plenty of food, snacks, and a variety of non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages. The docent will be located in the Log Museum, and all of our historic buildings will be open to view except for the barn. Plenty of parking and seating available. So this is, again, like I said, Liberty Grove. So let's see here. It's in Ellison Bay. So it's the it's run by the venue is Liberty Grove Historical Society. Address is 11831 Wisconsin 42 Ellison Bay, Wisconsin 54210. And I'll include the link. So if anybody is interested, you should be able to click right on it and you can get the um, there's a link on their site to Google Maps so you can see how to get there. But again, it's Saturday and Sunday, July 23rd and July 24th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. each day. If and I wasn't already know. busy, I'd go because I want to do pony rides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our kids would love seeing it, honestly. All three of my kids, Sean included, would love seeing <laughs> all, all the tractors. Um, yeah, this would be completely right up their alley, but I thought it was a unique type of festival. So it's something to try to highlight. It's fun. It's Stork County. There's all sorts of festivals all summer, summer long, and for that matter, all year long, um, in Door County. So, but this is just a, a fun one. Ellison Bay, Liberty Grove Historical Society. If you're into tractor or arts, I'm sure the art vendors would be more for the women that aren't into tractors, but something fun for everybody. Hey, she thinks my tractor is sexy. <laughs> Jill's not even a country girl, so I'm actually. I know. Dina's <laughs> impressed by that. She knows that. sexy. Love that song. But yeah, so that was our Door County themed episode, and I've got a line on. Thanks to an email from one of our listeners. I've got a line on the topic for our next one. Oh, are you looking into that one? I'm going to. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Oh, oh that's oh, well. Yeah, that's neat. That, yep. I mean, as neat as can be given the topic, but yeah. So we'll give our, um, our listener a little bit of a shout out and some credit for recommending or at least sharing those stories with us yeah sad um, situation but it's so nice that people reach out and ex tell us about stuff yep definitely but i hope everybody enjoyed listening to this episode i hope you guys are following us on instagram at beer cheese and murder pods you can see the various pictures that we post um, and also check out our website, beercheeseandmurderpodcast.com to see descriptions, links, all the references are posted there. So if, and, you, are if you guys are in Door County, in Sister Bay, check out Peach Barn because seriously, the staff was amazing. The indoors is awesome. Tons of games for the kids because we had littles and teens like it was cold while we were there but we were outside freaking beautiful and yeah. literally everybody there was awesome so great yeah. spot 
I'll plenty of go back. plenty of room for social distancing, like different um, social areas inside yeah. and outside, like for your sized group. Yeah, it was a really yeah. neat place. Yeah, it was really great. neat place. I loved it. I will totally had, go back. We've got. And they had heard of us. They had heard of the BCM they, podcast because <laughs> we were saying how we were we were um, expensing it because it was research. <laughs> <laughs> I should say Dina. Dina was kind of vocalizing that, and then we were like, just yeah, expensing yeah. it too. We don't. Have- I, I all I said was we do a podcast and we feature local um, Wisconsin beers and food. And then one of the guys was like, oh, are you from like Southern Southeastern Wisconsin? Wisconsin or Milwaukee? Said, like Waukesha? Yeah, from Milwaukee. Oh, beer, cheese and murder. Yeah, I've heard of that. I was like, shut the front door. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, super. And we got several different kinds. All of us yeah. got different. So, yeah. I, you know, today right. I have the seltzer, but I have two other kinds of beer from there in my fridge. And yeah, phenomenal place. Definitely go. To- Beautiful starting to sneak some business cards into various locations so right. let's yeah. call that our summer bcm scavenger hunt if you can find one right. there you go kayla went to a winery on sunday and she left some snuck around some succulents there i think it's yeah, she's, she's like i just put them under the cactus <laughs> that's a great idea i love it uh, so I think that's our new thing is leaving business cards by potted plants <laughs> at Wisconsin venues, Wisconsin products. I'll oh. do that at the bar at my volleyball and at the golf course for my golf league. And then, yeah. you know, we'll so get some new people in there. If you listen to our podcast, you're going to have to start going out and looking for them. if you find them where (laughs) we'll give you a dollar for every card you find oh that would be fine dina signing up for that i'm not (laughs) eric it's like i'm not endorsing that i'll give you i'll do it we'll give you a shout out on the podcast yeah there you go yeah (laughs) and a dollar (laughs) <laughs> you are financing that dina dina's going to be paying all of her friends from when she handed out her own business card right? how many cards like, are you guys um, handing out exactly yeah, how many dollars are we going to spend uh, but i hope you guys keep listening and until next time eat drink and be wary for listening to beer cheese and murder we would like to also thank the references that make this podcast possible 
A full list of references can be found on our website at beardcheeseandmurderpodcast.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at beardcheeseandmurderpod, where pictures from today's episode are available for your viewing. If you would like to share your feedback, Wisco facts, case suggestions, stories, or just whatever, please email us at contact at beercheeseandmurderpodcast.com. Don't forget to tell your friends, but most importantly, until next time, eat, drink, and be wary. Uh-oh.